Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. Everybody doing, they doing good? Everybody in Montgomeryville and online, I hope you're doing well as well. Hey, uh, real quick, we need to have a time of prayer uh, in this place. It's a serious, serious situation. I saw a few people walk in uh, with Dallas Cowboys shirts on today. And so I just want to lay hands on them in a biblical way uh, and just pray the demons out of them today. And so, well, man, it's good to be with you. I love, I love fall, man. I love, I love that it's raining outside. It just feels like football weather. And so I want to welcome you to Journey, whether you're, you're, you've been here before or you're a guest, man. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, I, we have a few extra things going on today. Uh, main one is we have donut holes. We bought, I don't know how many thousand donut holes. And so we want you to eat them. And so... If you don't eat them, I'm going to have to eat them, and I'm going to have to get new pants. And so, like, and so on your way out, they're by the coffee at both campuses, I believe. Man, grab some donuts and enjoy the day. There's no calories on Sunday. It says it in Leviticus. And so, uh, but, man, it's good to be with you. Uh, we are in week number two of our sermon series, Friend Zone. I told you last week, I said, my, my goal really is uh, specific, is, is I want you to step into the realization that uh, you were created for, for relationships and friendships, and you can't do life alone. And we're going into a season as a, as a, as a church where we're about to start our home group semester. And I, I want to get as many people uh, connected and involved in our home groups as possibly, possibly can. And, and so last week I talked to you about this. It, I think it's, uh, the Bible calls it, or the, the, the world calls it uh, in articles, one of the greatest uh, uh, health issues in, in the world, loneliness. They, they say it's just it's just. We're, we're really connected, but most of us have, have no companionship. And so we, we, we have all these oh, social media friends, all these online you know, acquaintances. Most people, they say, have about 20,000 acquaintances, uh, but trust less than 10 people in their life. And so we, we are not a well-adjusted in a society when it comes to relationships. And I hate that, especially inside, inside the church. We were created with the need for relationships. And so I started last week, I told you, I said, here's why they're so important. Here's the necessity of relationships. And if you weren't here, just want to catch you up on the foundation we built. As a Christian, I told you a few things. I said, you're going to need support. Uh, you're going to need sympathy in your life. And you're going to need strength that comes from other people. And this is why God created relationships. And so most of us, I think, would say, okay, I'm in. Like, I need, I need friendships. And he, here's the thing. I don't know where they're at, though. I, I don't know. Next, we're going to talk about what to look for, right? But I don't know how to go about making friendships. Here's one, one thing I read this week. How many over the age of 45 in here? Come on, own, own your age. You look good, man. I'm 43, so I'm just going to keep my hand up with you. And so, come on, own it. Own it. How many over 45-year-olds? We, 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 you know, thank you for your wisdom and all that stuff. And so, uh, thank you for being here with us. But over the age of 45, a third of all people say they have no friends. You got friends? Okay, that's good. <laughs> But some of us don't, right? And some of us are lacking the area. And so I want to talk to you about this. Here's what Scripture says in Proverbs 18. It says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to, to ruin. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there's some of us who d develop friendships 
that it's like having a brother or a family member in, in, in our lives. And so what I want to do is I want to talk to you first about why you potentially are not attracting friendships in your life. And he, he, here's why. The Bible says often we, we have a problem. Here's the problem. We notice the speck in other people's eyes while we miss the plank in our own eyes. Ever, ever, you ever notice that? Like we can, we can have expectations for other people and not hold ourselves to those same expectations. We, we, can, we can get offended by the actions of somebody else all the while making excuses for what we do. So the Bible says to pay attention to the plank in your own eye before you deal with the speck in, in your bro- brother's eye. And so what I want you to do is I want you to look and evaluate your life. And I'm going to give you six questions to answer that tell you and tell me if we are what I would call friend material, right? Because oftentimes we want to look out and blame everybody else when, when it's really just us. I'll give you an example. Uh, years and years ago... When I first started this church, I was a young man, you know, learning, learning the ropes and learning just how to live life. And I don't know if anybody's ever made this mistake. You ever do wash and leave your washing too long? And then you try to dry it. You overcompensate with a couple of extra dryer sheets. And everything smells like death and hell, right? And, and soiled. So this happened to me one time. I left my, my, my clothes in too long. It was Sunday morning. I think I shared this story a few times before. Uh, but, and I put my, my clothes on and I went to church and I kept smelling something. And uh, I was young and judgmental. And so I went to church. We didn't have a lot of people in our church. And I kept, everywhere I went, I smelled something. But, you, I mean, I'm not going to assume it's me. I'm clean. I took a shower. Like, I got, I got standards. I brush my teeth every day. You know, I wash my hair. Every, like, I, it's not me, right? And so I go to church, and I, start, I started figure, trying to figure out who it was that smelled all day long. And so I actually had these people come to our church for the first time. And I just, I'm just going to be really, this is probably too honest for you. But I just judged this, this one person, and I, in, in my spirit, I was like, man, they smell. Like, I, I smell this thing, and I keep being near them, and I'm talking to them because they're new, and they smell. And, you know, I said, you know, God bless their heart, and I feel bad for them. But, like, I just, you know, somebody should tell them, but I'm not going to tell them. And, like, all day long, I walked around, I'm like, oh, man, it sucks. They smell the first day at church. They're probably running people off. Like, it's just all these things. Went home. It was a day just like today. It was like a fall day. Went home, football. And so you don't watch football in your jeans. I'm like, can I get an amen? And so... I got special pants for football, and so I went home, I took my, 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 my skinny jeans off, and I put on my, my sweatpants, and when I put my jeans down on the bed, I still smelled that smell, and my first thought was, did I hug, did I hug them? Like, what, what happened? So I, no, I picked the jeans up, and I smelled them. I'm like, oh, and I gave them to Leah, I'm like, you know, because if you're a guy, you're like, hey, smell this, right? <laughs> smell this, and she's like, yeah, you left your stuff in too long, and now everything smells soiled, right? Which, and, and so the entire day I'm walking around judging everybody else, assuming everybody else is the problem while the whole time it's me. And this is, when it comes to relationships, oftentimes in my own life, I'll go, I just can't find anybody that's up to my standard. I can't find anybody that, you know, is relatable and funny like me and, you know, cool like me and all these other things like me. And then I started thinking to myself, maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe it's me. The Bible says you, you, you reap what you sow. God cannot be mocked, right? Like you, you often want what you want, right? But you attract what you are. Like you, you attract what you are, not what you want. And so maybe the problem is that I'm not attracting the right people to my life because of who that I currently am. And so I called this message, uh, Are You Friendable? Friendable. Friend 
Abel. You can put a dash in there if you want, but are you friend Abel? And I have six questions that, listen, church is supposed to be a place where you're honest with yourself. And so I want you to, what I want you to do is maybe you have a phone, uh, maybe, you, maybe you, you follow along in our notes on the Bible app, whatever it is, on our, on our Journey Church app, but take some notes. And when I ask you these questions, answer truthfully. Answer, am I these things? Because these things are what is needed to develop real friendship. And I, all I did, I just wanted you to tell, I just thought about Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate friend. The Bible talks about he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Like Jesus is, is the perfect example of what a friend looks like to us. He was a friend on this side of eternity. So I started thinking about uh, the things that Jesus was. And if I want to have better friendships, I should just model my life after Christ and ask myself these, these, these questions. And then if I don't line up with it, I should change. And let me just, this isn't for your friend, right? This is what church people do. I hope this person hears them. I hope they listen. This is, this, is, this is for you. I want you to forget about everybody else, the speck in their own eye. And I want you to deal with the big old two by four in your own eye. Are you tracking with me? Let's, let's, let's be real. Number, number one is this. Uh, the first question to ask yourself when it comes to friendships, if you want friendships, are you dependable? Are, are you a dependable person? All those over the age of 45. Um, how many of you have one point have said, they just don't make it like they, right? There's things you do in your life that tell you you're getting older. If you, if you get up and think about the weather, you're old, right? T- teenagers don't. They don't go just wear shorts and t-shirts every day, right? Like they don't get up and go, oh, it looks like it's going to be a little windy at nine o'clock in the morning and like all of these things. Like me and my wife are on the app last night. Is it going to be cold? It looks like it's going to be in 70. We should probably wear long sleeve shirts tomorrow because you know our skin is thinning and all these things and <laughs> right? And like we got to go, you got to figure out the weather. Now I'm up here sweating through this thing. And so, right? Like, but you don't make it like they used to is another pe- thing, thing people say. And I, I see that. Like, I remember my first, my first washer that I got. It was a almond-colored Maytag top, loader, top loading washer. I bought it off of uh, online somewhere, a garage sale. I don't even remember. It was really cheap, and it was 20 years old. But that thing was awesome. They didn't break down. They didn't have issues. Why? Because they don't make things like they Right? Anybody ever have an older car never broke down? Never broke down because there was nothing to break in it. You made it go with your feet, right? Like it was nothing to break. No windows to break. No, 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 no computer to not work. Not, nothing, everything. Now you get these new cars and they just don't make them like they, they don't make them like they used to. Some of you have older clothes or vintage, right? Same thing. They don't make them like they used to. You go to a restaurant. They don't cook like they used to. They don't do things like they used to. And I think that's true. And one of the things I think is true is they don't, they don't make friends like they used to. There's not a lot of us that have what I would call lifelong friends. Not, and not, I'm not just talking about friends you knew in school that you catch up with from time to time, but people that you meet uh, while you're young and you just live life with them all the way through. You go through ups and downs, you go through different seasons, you face different obstacles, you, you, you carry each other's burdens, you, you, you know each other's kids, like you, you just go through the, all the seasons of, of life. And I started thinking about it. One of the reasons, if I was honest with myself, if I really did some, uh, some inner work, I would go, well, how dependable of a person am I really? If there's anything that describes Jesus, it's he's, he's dependable. The Bible says he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like he, he was there. Like if he said he was going to be there, he was there. If he said he was going to do it, 
he, he would do it. Like his principles in scripture, like sometimes I think we're confused by the results of scripture that he's already said, if you do this, this will happen. And we're like, well, how did that happen? Because you didn't do this. Like he, he, if he says it, it's, it's going to happen. And so if you would just align your life with what he says, stuff would work out the way he said it will work out because he's dependable. You can trust him. But a lot of us, if you think about your life, you go, man, how dependable of a person am I really? How many churches have I, have I left because I was tired of it? How many restaurants have I quit? How many times have I moved? How many friends have I gotten rid of? How many times haven't I showed up when I said I was going to show up and come up with some excuse like traffic or I'm sick? How many times can you be either of those? How dependable of a person are you? Because you're going to attract what you are, not what you want. I started thinking about some of the words that, 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 that describe dependability, like trustworthiness. You know, one of the main reasons that relationships don't last in, in church, especially, is our inability to not gossip about each other. In fact, watch what Scripture says in Proverbs 16. A perverse person stirs up conflict. You know, everybody always wants to talk about what a pervert looks like, right? Not enough people. A perverse person, one of the things that they are, is they enjoy to stir up conflict and gossip separates close friends. Watch what it says in Proverbs 11. A gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. In other words, you're going to hear things in relationships that not everybody else is supposed to know because they told you because they trust you, but oftentimes we go against somebody's trust and we go find somebody to share something with because we have a hard time with gossip because we live in a culture that thrives on that. We're not trustworthy. I started thinking about some other words about dependability, reliable, uh, loyal. I'm a loyal person. Proverbs 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I'm loyal to, to my friends. And the problem is we're not really loyal to anything. Right? Like, I don't like this restaurant. I don't want to go somewhere else. I don't like this coffee shop. I'll go somewhere else. I don't like my friend. I'll get another friend. I don't like my husband, my wife. I'll get another one. I like my dog, I'll get rid of him. I, I have, right? And so, <laughs> twice, one year. <laughs> Why'd you get rid of him? I didn't like him, right? And so, don't judge me, you're shaking your head at me. I can't get into this church. I didn't want to deal with it. I'm going to quit schools. I'm going to quit everything. I'm going to do everything. Like, we are not loyal people. It's not in our nature. We don't even see it anymore. Are you a dependable person? Let me give you a few more. Number two, are you an intentional person? Are you an intentional person? An intentional person is somebody who makes decisions and takes actions based on what's important to them, not waiting for somebody else to do it for them. That's intention. But think about intentional. Jesus was the most intentional person that I've ever seen in my life. He went to the well. The Bible says he meets the woman at the well. He intentionally goes there knowing she's going to be there. He gets on boats, going into storms, takes his disciples intentionally in, into storms. He is a person of intention. And here's what I found in my own life. Oftentimes, we want people to come find us instead of intentionally developing relationships with other people. In fact, I saw this week, I, I, I'm not a, often on our Google uh, page, but I got on Google this week and uh, read through reviews. And, you know, sometimes you read through them and you go, okay, there's maybe there's things, some things we could some work on. And other times you... Just read it because you, you're, you're, you, you know, whatever. And so, uh, so I read through this, this, this review, and it, it, just, it was by a person who used to go to our church, and I didn't, even, I didn't even really remember who she was until I went back because it's been seven years. But she just said, 
your church is clicky, and uh, it, you know, it's this, I tried to get, get involved, but nothing ever happened, and church is clicky. And so, which I was like, I don't want to be a clicky church. I don't even know what that means. And so, like, I remember in high school what clicks mean, but like, I'm like, I don't want to be a clicky, clicky church. And then I started thinking about maybe how many people come in and say that. Like, your church is clicky. It feels like people are, are, are connected here, and they're friends, and you come in, and you feel like an outsider, which, which happens. But then you see other people that were outsiders, and then maybe a year later, you're like, man, they're really involved in the church. What's the difference? And I'm not sure what this young girl's experience was with our church because I don't remember. But I wonder to myself, I wonder if she ever took steps of intention to get involved here, to get connected here, to make relationships here. Like, I wonder how many people say, this church is so clicky that don't serve anywhere. Like, yeah. Like, I don't need to wonder because I just know. <laughs> I know how many people come through our doors that don't, aren't connected and go, man, it doesn't feel like anybody is paying attention to me. I don't know everybody. I don't, I'm not on first name basis with people and I'm not in the cool kids club and all these other things that people have said. And I think to myself, well, have you taken steps of intention? You ever been to Welcome to Church tonight? Nah, I don't got time for that. You ever sign up to join a team? Nah, man, I'm like super what? Super busy. Like you don't know my life. Like I got kids and I got job and I got hobbies and I got you know I got I don't have time for that and it's like okay well, do you want to be connected do you want to form friendships do you want to be known besides just the back of your head yeah I want all those things I want to feel apart I want to feel connected could you make a way for that to happen yeah it's welcome to church night and then you sign up to serve and you get involved on a team and all of a sudden you get connected to other people's lives and then oh by the way you go to home group and you're like it's awkward yes it is it's really awkward to be intentional and step outside of your comfort zone. But if you want to develop real friendships, you have to be a person who is intentional. I'm taking intentional steps, and I know this is hard because I experienced it in my own life. Some of our, our longest friends that we've had at this in Pennsylvania, uh, we've known since 2005, and I knew them way before that. When we moved here, they were really some of our only friends. We spent lots of time together. Like, it was a type of friendship where... We got snowed in a couple times together, and we played solitaire, whatever the game is that we played. I don't remember what it was. Rum, gin rummy, right? All, all together. I never won. That's why I don't remember. We played games together, and, 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 and we were kind of young together. And then as we got older, our past start, started to drift. And not, not because we were mad at each other, but they moved towards the McCungie area for a while, and we moved towards Phoenixville, and all of a sudden distance creates it and then for years they went to a different campus where we, where we were at and then all of a sudden you stop the frequency of seeing one another and then right now as a 40, 42 year old we have a tradition once a year we hang out <laughs> once a year we put it into our schedule and every time that we hang out together our kids are pretty much the same age and uh, we knew each other since our kids right now are 14 and 15 years old. I've known the guy since we were 13 years old. And so this is how, and every time we leave, I, I, say, to, I say to my wife, we should do that more often. But we're not intentional. And so what happens? Another 12 months passes. Hey, we should get together again. Is it your turn or our turn? Let me check the calendar. And I, I'm just telling you, if you want to be relationally connected with people, you're going to have to be Intentional. You're going to have to put it into your calendar. You're going to have to send the text. You're going to have to give yourself reminders, just like some of you do to breathe. Right? Your iPhone's like, hey, breathe. <laughs> set, your, you set your iPhone. Tell your Alexa, hey, Alexa, tell me to be friendly. Right? <laughs> Remind me to reach out. You're going to have to be intentional. Are you intentional? Number, number, number three is this. This is a good one, especially for people in, in Pennsylvania. Are you approachable? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Come on now. 
You know, you see some people, you're like, I'm not going to talk to them. I mean, it just happened to us yesterday. We went, we went out, uh, on a, me and my wife went on a little date for lunch, and after we were done the date, we ate cauliflower pizza, and we got Brussels sprouts for our, uh, for our appetizer, so we earned cookies. Like, we, we earned cookies. And so we were walking down the road, and we were going to go into Insomnia Cookie, I think it's called, and we walked in, and when we walked in, the, the, the cashier was, was at, the, at the place. You ever meet somebody that you know you're not supposed to be in this position? Like in a loving way possible, but you just know. So you walk in, and, and she's at the register. I'm not sure if she's having a bad day, and if she was, we, sh- we were praying for her. But we walk in, and she wouldn't even make eye time. She says, she says, welcome to Insomnia Cookies. How can I help you? <laughs> and it was just this, like, anxiety riddle thing, because I'm taking my wife in there, and I know it's going to take her a while, and I can tell this girl doesn't want us to be there. So she wants to take our order. She never looks away from the computer. She just stands there. And my wife is looking up at this, this list of different cookies. And she's trying to figure out what cookies we should get. And then she's like, should we get six? I'm like, it's your party. You can get whatever you want, girl. And so, and we, got, so we got six cookies. We go up to order the cookies. And, and she says, okay, I'm ready. And she goes, okay. She never even looked at us. And then we started telling her. And she, as we're telling her, she's deep, deep. She's hitting the thing, hitting the thing. And we got our cookies. I just thought to myself, the owner of this business is going to wonder why this place is not working when they're selling the cookies that they're selling. They're going to say, why isn't this working? Why aren't people coming? Because they have a person at the front who's not approachable. And I'm just telling you, some of you are like, why don't I have more friends? Why don't people come up and talk to me? Why aren't more people more friendly to me? I don't know if you ever looked in the mirror. Are you tracking? Have you ever checked your body language? When you walk into a room, is your arms crossed, you just kind of sit back, and then you walk away and go, nobody talk to me? Well, nobody talked to you because you look angry. <laughs> I don't know that Jesus ever showed up, right? Going to preach a sermon on, the, on, the, on, the, on the, 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 the lake. He shows up. People are coming. He's like, <sighs> welcome to church today. <laughs> it's good to have you. Let's do this. Is there somebody have a lunch here? Here is a fish, right? <laughs> Right? Like, he creates an environment where people want to come around him. Like, it's just, it's the way it is. Kids want to be around Jesus. Grown people want to be around Jesus. The Bible says that the tax collectors and the sinners and the prostitutes want to be around Jesus. Even the religious people can't help but want to figure out what Jesus is doing. Why? Because he's an approachable Savior. And I'm just telling you, if you want better relationships, you need to check your body language, your face, your your attitude, the way you communicate. Listen, if every time you show up, something is happening where the sky is falling, that's how you start every conversation, I'm just letting you know. When people see you, they go, "I I don't have time to deal with this today. Right? I can't deal with Eeyore today. Can we just start with saying it's nice, it's rain, it's raining today. Can you believe it? Yes, I can because it hasn't rained for three months been doing dances in my backyard and it's finally here right and so like are you approachable let me just give you a few more number 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 four we got to keep moving are you hospitable this one is important this one is hard for me right because the bible says in first peter four above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins offer hospitality to one another without grumbling and here's why uh, hospitality is the love of strangers. It's hosting people in your home. It's seeing your, your home as a ministry tool and, and not, not just for you. And I just want to be honest with you, I don't like that. It's too much work. 
You got to clean everything. You got to hide stuff. You got to make your kids not move as you're cleaning up. You ever been there? You're like, don't move. Don't do anything. Don't even look. Just stay in that seat, right? The entire time you're doing it, people are coming over. You're yelling at your kids. They get there. You're so happy, right? It's good to see you. I started thinking about it. Here's why it's such pressure on me, because I've grown up in the HGTV, Instagram, TikTok, and whatever else is going on Lifetime. What I've done is I've placed myself under pressure to perform up to people's standards instead of just going, man, we're supposed to love people, and this is a house that God has given us to do that. And so we should welcome people into our home without trying to impress them and show off. And so many of us live with this pressure, I would say, this pressure to perform, and this pressure to make sure everything's perfect, this pressure to measure up, this pressure to have the perfect recipe. I need, I need people to make sure this three-course or five-course meal tastes better than that Instagram video that I found. No longer can we just say, yeah, come over, we're getting pizza. Not even getting good pizza. We're getting Domino's pizza. Right? We're just getting pizza. We're just hanging out. When's the last time you cleaned? I don't know. There's so much urine in my bathroom walls, we can't clean it anyways. <laughs> right? My boys leave, we're just going to gut everything. Right? Like, just come over. Hang out. Like, are you hospitable? Let me just give you, let me just give you, let me give you, let me give you two more. Number, number five. Here's two really good ones. And Elliot, you can come play me out. Are you offendable? These two are, these last two are really important. He, here, here's why. Here's why most of us, myself included, do not have long long-term relationships that last a lifetime. If I was to take a survey of my, of my life and mistakes that I've made, uh, the number one question is, uh, are, you, are you offendable? That's what I would ask myself. And I, I would say, and to the answer of that, if, if I have a struggle, it's that I, I take offense really easily. I can find offense. Like, it's not hard for me. Uh, years ago, somebody came to my house, new, new in the church, and uh, was a couple that was thinking about coming to our church, and he walked into our house, and he said, Looked around, and just, just so you, we were very, very uh, poor at that time. We didn't have a lot of money. Like, we just, we couldn't, like, afford nice stuff. And so we went to Ikea, and I remember our coffee tables and our side tables were lack tables. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those ones that are $7.99, you screw the legs in, you put water on them, they, they, they disintegrate, right? And so, so that was what we had. And, and, but I was proud of our house. We just didn't have a lot. And maybe, maybe there was an insecurity because oftentimes a fence is built on, on your own insecurities and your own issues, but you don't want to admit that. And so uh, this guy came in, he looked around at the house, and he said, you're a minimalist. Oh, you're a minimalist. We were eating. I remember when he left, I was so irritated at him. I was like, he called us poor. He, he made fun of our lack tables. I'm never hanging out with him again. And like all these things, I was so offended until, you know, maybe, maybe it was a couple years later, we, were, we got to know each other better and we were laughing because he called me a minimalist and I told him we got offended. But later on, I realized minimalist is just a stylistic adjective to describe a person who likes uh, cleanliness, uh, organization, and not a lot of crap, which if, if that's it, I want that, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't offendable at all, but in that issue, I took offense. And I'm just going to add, a lot of people, a lot of friendships die in the pit of an offense being taken. And I just want you to understand, offense is your problem, not the other person's. When you get offended, it's your issue, not the other person's. And here's the thing about the Bible. The Bible describes friendship, and when you read it, it, it's, it's telling you, like, this is going to be sometimes going to be painful. Like, if you're in a real friendship with somebody, there's going to be times they're going to rub you the wrong way. There's going to be times where it's going to be easy for you to get offended because they really love you and they don't want you to hurt yourself. 
Like watch one of the most famous verses in the Bible. Proverbs 27 says, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the pleasantness of a friend springs from the heart, the heart, their heartfelt advice. Right? Like they, they want to bring you wisdom in that situation. Watch what it says though. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now, that is a description of things that could be offend, offend, offendable. Like they're going to get in your business and they're going to tell you things that maybe other people wouldn't tell you because they actually love you. So if you're honest, maybe there's been a time when somebody has been uh, a little too truthful with you and they got you somewhere where you're, you weren't fully healed and fully who you were supposed to be in Christ. And instead of you receiving it the way that it was intended and maybe even the way that it was, and instead of you saying, I'm going to take this and I'm going to allow it to mold me and shape me, I'm going to get offended and I'm going to go find somebody else to be friends with. I'm going to go start all over. I'm not going to fix this. In fact, maybe it's because I've gotten older and I've realized I've done that in my, in my life that I read this verse in scripture this week and I just, it just resonated with me. But Proverbs 19 says, a person's wisdom yields patience. You get wisdom when you get older. Where are all my 45 year olds at, right? You should. A person's wisdom yields patience, right? It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Are you offendable? And the last one, the last one, this is one's the most important. Are you forgivable? Are you forgive able? And this is the one that's the most important because when I think of Jesus being my friend, it's because of his forgiveness that I'm in right standing with him. This is going to shock you. It's not because of my, my Bible degree. It's not because of my singing voice. It's not because I come to church every week. It's not because... You know, we know scripture, or we went to Christian school, or you teach your kids. That's not why God loves you and is in relationship with you. The only reason you're in relationship with Jesus Christ is his forgiveness. Are you tracking with me? That's why when we come in here and we sing, I love that song, that, that, that song. I'm not going to let the rocks cry out. I'm going I'm to praise him. Why? He deserves it. He deserves it. Like, I, I'm here because of his forgiveness. Like, some of you, you just need to let that settle in. You should not be in church today. If we were going to bring out a list of rights and wrongs, you broke most of them this week. If we're just preaching right, and if we were going to build your, 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 your resume based off what you've done, and that was the deciding factor on if you could come to church today, we would see you in December. Right? Like you just should. The only reason you're here is because of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing about it. That, that is how you continue your relationship with him. Forgiveness. 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 Forgiveness, grace on top of grace on top of grace. So here's how you build lifetime relationships with people, forgiveness. If you're in long enough, thank you, right? If you're in long enough, if you're in with people long enough, there are going to be times for you to get mad and for you to build up a wall and say, I'm done with you. I guarantee it. There's going to be failed expectations. There's going to be missed moments. There's going to be tone that made you mad. There's going to be misunderstandings. How do you stay with them? Forgiveness. And so what, what does the Bible say to do about forgiveness? Watch what it says in Colossians 3. It says bear with each other. It's almost like Paul's saying people are going to get on your nerves. You're going to be around people that are going to get on your nerves, right? Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's really important. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Here, here's what I've noticed. Most of us don't know how the Lord has forgiven us. Peter, Peter has this conversation with Jesus one time in the book of Matthew chapter, chapter 10, 18. We're going we're gonna to end with this. And uh, Peter says to Jesus, how many times should we forgive somebody? 
And, and, and Jesus says, how many do you think? He says, seven. You know, he's shooting for the stars. Good old Peter, right? And, 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 and Jesus says, no, 70 times seven, which you can do the math. Some of you are like, it's 490 times. Okay, I'm going to keep track of that. But what he's trying to say is you're just going to keep forgiving people. And then here's what he says. If you're going to forgive us, the Lord forgave you. He says, let me tell you a story. He says, in the, the, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. Now, the king is God, and the servant is me and you. He wants to settle accounts, right? The Bible says, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that they had be sold and be put to work until they could pay it off. You're like, what does that mean? Well, uh, 10,000 talents divided by one, taking just one, uh, one talent equals 6,000 denarii. I'm trying to get this right. 6,000 denarii, right? A denarii represented one day of work. So when he says 10,000, if you do the math, what he's saying is you, you owe the master 240,000 years of work. So what does the guy do? I can't pay this. And what does the master do? I'm going to clear your debt. I mean, some of you can imagine this. Like somebody told you you're going to clear some debt a few weeks ago and you did a happy dance, right? Like 240,000 years of debt. So here's, here's, what do you think he does? becomes the most forgiving, grace-filled, you know, open-hearted, chance-after-chance type of guy. The Bible says, no, he doesn't do that. He leaves, and he forgets what the master has given him, and he runs into a guy who owes him about three and a half months' wages, a few denarii. And the Bible says this guy who had just having 240,000 years of debt forgiven takes the guy who owes him, throws him in prison, and says, until you pay me back, you can't come out. What happens? The master hears about this. He's like, what are you doing, man? He gets mad, throws him in prison. Now, Jesus is trying to illustrate this truth to us. So some of us, we've been forgiven, multi-million dollar forgiveness. And we're holding somebody that owes us a small debt like this as Jesus has let us go free and clear of our debt. He says it makes no sense. I mean, think about what he's done for you. Let's say you're the average sinner in this place. Some of you above average at it. Let's say you're average. You're awake 16 hours a day. You sin 10 times an hour. Let's just, let's just hit the average. You curse every once in a while. You lose your temper. You lust consistently. You gossip. You worry. We don't talk about that one, but you're like, you're like the biggest worrier in the world. Like you worry all the time. You worry. Like you live your life in sin. You, come, you, you, you live your life consistently like that. 10, 10 times in a, an hour, 16 16 hours a day, 73 years. It, it, it equates to millions, roughly 4.3 million sins in your lifetime. Good luck trying to pay those off. And you come to Christ, and the Bible says through his death, his, his burden, his resurrection, he wipes your debt clean, past, present, and future. And then you leave this place, and you have somebody who's offended you, hurt you, ridiculed you, said something that you don't like, and you go, I'm not going to forgive you, but Jesus has fully forgiven me. Most of us will say, that doesn't make sense. That's, that's not the way it's supposed to work. So what do you do? You live your life in forgiveness. How do you do that? You fall in love with the forgiving nature of Jesus Christ. 
You understand what he's done. Some of you, I always tell you, this is where worship comes from. This is where your hands get lifted up. This is where you begin to sing even though you can't sing. This is where gratitude comes. Sometimes in the presence of God, I don't know if you've been there, this is where tears start to come down your eyes because you can't believe that he enables you because of his grace to be in his presence. And the more that you fall in love with that in a deeper way, you understand the friendship that Jesus has given you. It just makes sense to extend that to your friends on this earth. Are you forgivable? Are you offendable? Can people approach you? Are you intentional? Do you, do you love hospitality? Are you hospitable? Are, are you somebody who's going after, are you dependable? Are you somebody who's able to be the type of friend that you're supposed to be? Are you the problem because you attract what you are, not what you, what you want? Would you stand to your feet all over this place and would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes with me? Here's what I want. I want this to be as practical of, of an altar call that, that you, you, could, you could even remember. Some of you, I just want you, you've made a list, you've gone through it, we got to the end, you're like, man, I've, I've, hold some, I've held some grudges, I've been offended in areas I shouldn't have been offended, and I've allowed those things to ruin relationships. I'm going to tell you, I'm in the same boat. I'm preaching with you, not, not, not against you. There's, there's conversations that I need to have. There's phone calls I need to make. There, there's an there's understanding of the deep level of forgiveness that I've been given by Christ that I need to continue to lean into. Grace on top of grace on top of grace on top of grace on top of grace. The reality is, the Bible says, with the measure that you use to extend forgiveness to others, that's the measure that Christ uses for you. Like that, That's actually sobering, that you can get in the way of the freedom of forgiveness that Christ wants to give you because you refuse to let go of the hurt that you've, you've gone through. Some of you, it's just being intentional. Like, I, I, I really don't have any conversations to make, but I'm really lonely. And, like, I, I need to step outside of myself. Some of you, it's literally going to the booth, the first and second time desk. You've been here way longer than that, right? If we had a 16th time desk, you, you, that's where you would go. But you're just going to go to that desk. You're going to say, man, I need to take some steps of intention in my walk with Christ in this church. I want to get connected to people. Some of you, you're already doing that. In a few weeks, some tables are going to be spread out in our hallways and in our lobbies. And you're going to take steps in the direction of being connected with other people. You're going you're to be intentional in that. Some of you, it's dependability. Like you, you've, you've actually done something. So when I talk about being offended, you're actually the one that has caused distance in your relationship because you shared something that you shouldn't have shared. And you destroyed trust. And here's what you need to do. You need to call somebody and you say, I need to repent. I messed up. I let my mouth destroy this relationship. I'm not sure where, where it's at, but I, I guarantee you all, all of us can go through this list and go, man, there's areas that I need to move in after this. This is what the Bible says. Faith without works is dead. You hear the word of God, and then you walk away, and you don't do anything with it. That's pointless. So I'm going to hear the word of God, and in a practical manner, I'm going to move forward. And there's others in this place that when I talk about a friend um, and Jesus, you're like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is, and I, I don't have that, but I want that. As you've been speaking about a, a friend that's dependable and a friend that wants to be around and approachable. Like, I, I never felt like somebody wanted me to be around before. And you, you've talked about forgiveness. Like, I, I know I need that. 
Like I'm, I'm honest enough with myself to know that I need, I need forgiveness, that I'm a, I've made some mistakes in my life, that I carry around shame. And there's a lot of it. And here's the cool thing about Jesus. He doesn't say, hey, go away and figure it out and come back when you clean yourself up. Then I'll take you. Jesus says, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden. That means you're carrying around a lot of junk and baggage. He says, I'll give you rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so what do you do in the presence of Jesus? You call on him. Jesus, come into my life. What did he do for you? He died for, your, for you on a cross, for your sins. He was placed in a tomb, the Bible says. And on the third day, he fully rose in power. He defeated death, sin, and hell. And it's through him that you have a relationship with God. You become the person that you're supposed to be. You live your life free. You can live your life healed. You live your life whole. You have a purpose outside of yourself. The Bible says he'll bring you joy, unspeakable joy, a peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus changes everything. He changes everything. And just one yes, one yes, one moment, one step of humility, he'll come in. He'll meet you right where you're at. He'll change you, I promise, promise you. He'll heal you. You leave this place whole. So as there's those around you that, man, everybody in this place is going, man, I got stuff I got to do. I got conversations I need to have. I got, I got texts I need to make. I got situations I need to work harder in and allow the spirit of the living God to, to mold me and manifest in my life. Everybody is doing that right now. Everybody's praying and, 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 and connecting with the spirit in this room. But maybe you're here, and as we're doing that, you would say, hey, you're speaking to me. No judgment. Nobody looking around in this place, but you would say, that's me. I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he would come into your life, that he would heal you, forgive you, and make you whole. He reaches out, you receive him right now. So he's here. He wants a relationship. The Bible says he's knocking at the door of your heart. Here I am, Jesus. I want you to come into my life. I need you to heal me. I need you to make me whole. Both here in Montgomeryville, if you would say that to me, nobody looking around in this moment, but you would say that to me. I need Jesus to come into my life. I need a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I need a savior. I need a healer. I need to leave this place a changed person. If that's you all over this place, nobody looking around. Little bit of courage, little bit of courage, whole lot of faith that you would say that to me. Would you shoot your hand straight towards heaven and say, hey, I need Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I need him to heal me. I need him to make me whole. There's a hand right here. There's another hand right here. Is there anybody else who would say, hey, pastor, that's me? If you're in Montgomeryville, maybe you would just keep your hand held high and they would let me know. And as we clap, maybe you're online uh, and you would say, hey, that's me. I'm, I'm listening online and, and, and I, I want to respond to the gospel, but I can't physically raise my hand. If you would just type in the chat right there. I'm asking Jesus to come into my life right now. I want him to heal me, and I want him to make me whole. We're going to pray together all over this place. We started something last week, uh, and, I, and, and I, think it's, I think it's the right way to do it because we're a family in here. And when we pray, we all pray together. And so we're going to pray out loud, and we're going to invite Jesus into our life, whether you know him or you don't, whether you've known him for years or you, you've been in church for years and you've prayed this prayer before. In this place, we're going to join together as a family. And we're going to welcome new people into, into God's house. We're going to pray together. We're going to proclaim the truth. And so would you repeat after me, Jesus? Thank you for this day. Thank you for coming and dying for me. Jesus, thank you for raising from the dead. And thank you that through you, there's forgiveness, there's hope, there's joy, 
and there's peace. So Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. And Lord, I invite you into my future. Jesus, from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. In your name we pray. And as we get ready to close, just all over this place, just focus on the work that God has called you to. Just focus on the conversation that he is, he is pushing you towards and just say yes. Holy Spirit, yes. Yes, I'll do what you call me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll have the conversations you want me to have. Jesus, we need friendships. We need relationships. We can't do life alone. Lord, build something special in this church, through this community. A group of people that love each other like you love, that care for each other like you care, that treat each other the way that you treat us, Lord. Lord, thank you for all that you've done. Lord, as we end this day, we thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, your grace on top of grace on top of grace. If it's not for you, we shouldn't be here today. But because of you, we get to be in this room freely praising you, freely worshiping you, and we leave this place full of life, hope, and direction. In Jesus' name we pray. One more time, let's shout amen together. Let's clap together. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.